Broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina on Sports Byline USA. Uniting sports fans everywhere, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. If God wasn't in my life, I really don't know how I would get through it, how, how I would play this game. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. As people, we get caught up in, I can do it without allowing God to come and work and actually be the center of it all. Bringing you high energy and thought-provoking sports talk with a purpose. Christ is there always. Um, it, it, it is never, he's never shaken, he's never taken away once you become a believer. Now, from his mic to your ears, this is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to Unpacking It, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing great today. We've got a really fun show in store as we will be joined by two-time Super Bowl winner Chris Maragos. He was a safety, a special team star. And he won a Super Bowl with the Seahawks and the Eagles. And he recently retired. And he retired due to injuries uh, to his knee. And his story is incredible. And I've been interviewing him for years, really since the beginning of his career. And he was a walk-on at Western Michigan, then transferred, was a walk-on at Wisconsin. Then he went undrafted into the NFL and then ended up having a nine-year career that included two Super Bowls. He's a, a beloved teammate and uh, just a, a really great guy. So excited for the, the conversation with Chris Maragos coming up in just a little bit. Uh, but also, we're bringing back our segment, I'm Convinced, and I've got plenty of thoughts on Week 1 in the NFL, and those include thoughts on the Houston Texans not protecting Deshaun Watson, the Oakland Raiders winning with seven different receivers catching a pass, Monday night football and having double headers, and so a lot to discuss. And then toward the end of the show, we'll do our segment, Unpack This, about the importance of teams selecting the right players for their locker room and how that relates to our own lives. It's unpacking it. We're just getting started. We'll be back with our segment, I'm Convinced. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More unpacking it with Bryce Johnson after this. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Thanks so much for joining us on Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. It's the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life. Chris Maragos will be our guest coming up uh, next segment and looking forward to our conversation with him. Uh, We'll also do our segment, Unpack This, toward the end of the show. But with the NFL returning, that also means we're bringing back our segment, I'm Convinced, where I let you know what I'm convinced of in the world of sports. And, And so it'll be pretty NFL heavy throughout the fall. 
uh, but excited to to jump right in. And so let's let's start with the Cleveland Browns because they were the most hyped team coming into the year. So I'm convinced their loss to the Titans was the best thing that could have happened to them in week one because the the reality is year after year the team that comes in with all the hype and all the attention and the the, the largest expectations normally don't live up to it but to me the sooner you can remove the expectations and the hype the better off you're going to be now they might gain it a little bit on Monday night because they should handle the Jets, and so everybody will get all excited again. But hopefully people have taken a step back and recognized, all right, you're still dealing with a second-year quarterback. You're adding new pieces to the offense. You've got a young second-year running back in Nick Chubb. You've got a first-year head coach in Freddie Kitchens. The idea that the Browns were just going to come out and you know win their first 10 games and dominate everybody – it's just not realistic. Now, they can still compete for a playoff spot. The Ravens looked good in week one. The Steelers did not look good. The Bengals actually looked okay, uh, but they still have so many injury issues. But the Browns are still right there in the mix. But hopefully they are now humbled. Hopefully they realize it's not easy to win in the NFL. Actually, all they needed to do was be reminded of that. They, they know what it's like to lose in the NFL. But they have to understand that it takes time to learn how to win and, and what it truly takes to be consistent, to, to handle, you know, even teams like going into the year. I didn't think much of the Tennessee Titans. So it would have been understandable to see the Browns go out and beat the Titans. But you can't overlook teams. And, and just a lot of those lessons, I think, can be learned even in that week one loss, the way that the Browns lost, how embarrassed they were. Ultimately, I'm convinced. It'll be a good thing, and, and then kind of reevaluate and, and hopefully this season still be competitive and interesting because they're such a fascinating team with so many great pieces, big personalities. They're going to be a fun team to watch, and I think a lot of people still want to root for them. But I know for me, I don't like rooting for the hype team, the one that's talking all about you know, themselves and pumping themselves up. I like that they've been humbled. Now I can, okay, maybe I'll root for them as the season goes on. So <laughs> my grandpa was always a Browns fan, so part of me uh, is a Browns fan, and, and I've got Browns gear that I can wear if they start winning. <laughs> I can hop on the bandwagon, but I don't like the hyped, overconfident, cocky teams. All right, number two, I'm convinced. I'm convinced Derek Carr throwing to seven different receivers and the Raiders getting the win over Denver on Monday Night Football proves it's better to have a balanced receiving core instead of one elite, especially diva, wide receiver that receives all the focus. Because let me ask you this. How many Super Bowl wins does Antonio Brown have? Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson, Andre Johnson, A.J. Green? The answer is zero. And I like the idea that a team, and if the Raiders can keep this going, uses a bunch of different weapons and you never know on any play who it's going to throughout the game you you bring in different players and you utilize multiple tight ends you use guys in the slot you, you use a deep threat the Raiders showed hey we've got some players here 
and maybe you didn't know about him or hear about him because you 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 know you only heard about a guy uh, worried about his helmet all off season. And and so I I like the pieces that the Raiders have, and I was thrilled to see them win on Monday night. And I, I'm convinced they're going to be better off with, without Antonio Brown. And and I'm convinced that teams have to recognize it's so much better to have depth at the wide receiver position instead of having this one guy who's demanding the ball all the time or defenses know that's who you're trying to target the entire game and you're trying to establish your number one wide receiver. It's nice to have a team where you don't necessarily know who the number one receiver or that rotates week after week, drive after drive, quarter after quarter. It keeps the defense on their toes, and, and of course, that's what you want. So good for the Raiders to, to get that win. Now, speaking of that game, I'm convinced the NFL should always have double headers on Monday night. And I'm surprised that, that some people don't like that. Like, I was listening to radio this week, and people don't actually like having a double header on Monday night football. It's great. Because, for one, the fact that the game started at, I guess, 7 o'clock East Coast time, that was great, at least for people on the East Coast. But then on, on the West Coast, it, it's, it's a good time for the, the second game. And then for those of us on the East Coast, we can stay up and at least watch a, a quarter or two of another game. Whereas, you know, on Sunday, I love the red zone, and I'm watching as many games as possible, and I've got multiple TVs going on. And so I'm, I'm trying to keep up with a lot of different teams all at once. But then on Monday night, if you can focus in on one game early, one game late, you you know uh, establish different teams throughout the year that you can you know put on a national platform and get to know those teams. Now we kind of have a feel for the Raiders and the Broncos and the Texans and the Saints after Week One. It, it gives you you know kind of some more storylines to talk about the Tuesday after Monday Night Football, which is nice as well. And, and I just appreciate that setup, but we only get that the first Monday night of the year. And I think at least during the weeks where there are no buys, so we still have a ton of games. Now, when the buys start happening, we start losing the amount of games during the weekend. And so and, uh, that's fine. I, I'm willing to, <laughs> to compromise there. But, but during these early weeks, I say go doubleheader every Monday night football, every Monday night for Monday night football. And I guess it's, it's a financial decision that the NFL would have to figure out and who's paying for that with ESPN pony up the money. But you could almost have another network carry the second game. I think that would be fine too. So a lot of different options there that I wish that they would explore because what I don't like is the Sunday morning 9.30 a.m. start that we get for the London games. Uh, that to me is uh, time to go to, to church. So Monday night, hey, 7 o'clock is a great start time. East Coast, and then ultimately the second game is that way for the West Coast. So keep it going. Keep it going. Don't stop after week one. All right, a couple quick ones here. I'm convinced the Indianapolis Colts are going to compete for the playoffs. They had a very nice first game, a winnable game against the Chargers, and Brissett is no Andrew Luck, but he's a good quarterback. Marlon Mack proved week one. He is a legit starting running back, one of the best running backs in the NFL, and I, I think he's going to keep it, keep it going. T.Y. Hilton, one of the top receivers in the league. They have multiple tight ends with Doyle and Ebron, uh, some young wide receivers, and the defense, which they've invested a lot of draft picks in, is good. The offensive line is good. they got a good coaching staff led by Frank Reich. 
the Colts are going to compete for the playoffs. And speaking of them in that division with the AFC South, I'm convinced the Texans are absolutely blowing it with their offensive line and the protection that they have for D, uh, Deshaun Watson. 62 sacks last year, which was more than any quarterback in 12 seasons, and then six in week one against the Saints is unacceptable. You have to protect Deshaun Watson. We know how good he is. We saw what he did at the end of that game, put them in the position to win. The Saints came back and, and, of course, got the win. But Watson is a special talent, and they have to protect him. It truly is unacceptable. So that's what I'm convinced of this week. We'd love to know your thoughts. You can email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Chris Maragos joins us right after this. He's a two-time Super Bowl winner. It's Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Thanks for being with us. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Welcome back to Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Our website is unpackingit.com. Chris Maragos will join us in a moment. And then coming up toward the end of the show, we'll do our segment, Unpack This, where each week I take a current sports story related to the Bible. And this week I'm going to talk about the word select and how important it is for general managers and coaches to select the right players for their locker room. And then I'll discuss how that translates to our own lives and, and what it means to select the right people to really be in our inner circle and, and in our quote-unquote locker room. And, and then what happens when you get someone in that locker room that is only bringing you down. So we'll get into that in just a little bit. Uh, be sure to subscribe to receive Unpack This in your email inbox each day by going to unpackingit.com. And joining us now is the recently retired Two-time Super Bowl winner, Chris Maragos. He was a safety and standout special teams player throughout his career with the Eagles, Seahawks, and 49ers. He went undrafted in 2010 after playing in college at Western Michigan and Wisconsin, where he was a walk-on at both schools. He's a husband, a father, and a follower of Jesus. We're pumped to have Chris Maragos back on Unpacking It. He's one of our favorite guests. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? I'm doing good, Bryce. Thanks for having me on, my man. All right. Well, we're we're psyched to catch up. And 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 first off, though, it was it was week one in the NFL, and and so we're gonna hear all about your retiring and all that. But what was it like for you watching the first week of the NFL? Did you watch, and how did you view it differently? Yeah, you know, I I watched. I watched kind of sporadically. Um, you know, I watched that you know NFL Red Zone where it kind of whips around. And oh, yeah. all that kind of stuff. You know, kind of shows up. You know, all that. It's actually pretty sweet. So it is. I mean, I've, I've, I've watched it a few times. Like, if there's, like, a Thursday oh, – well, I guess I guess not really a Thursday night game. But let's say we were playing a Monday night game, you know, when, when we had Sunday to kind of chill and watch a little bit of games when I was playing. So this is the first time I actually went through, like, a Sunday watching games. I was just trying to tune into all my all my buddies playing a different all the different teams that guys are at now. So it was, uh, it was, it was interesting for sure. 
Oh, that that's awesome. That's the way I watch games. I'll go two TVs and I'll watch the the local team, the Panthers, and then uh, I'll do Red Zone on the other channel. So it's a it's a fun yeah, fun, nah. fun way to watch because you get a little bit of of every team. And and so yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so here here we are. You, you just uh, your last team that you were with, the Philadelphia Eagles. What are your thoughts on this year's team? And and you know what this team is is capable of in, in the past, of course, winning the Super Bowl with them. So are are they equipped for another big run? You know, it's uh, you know, that's a that's a million dollar question. You know, I mean, you know, I think the thing is, is you know, knowing the guys that are in the locker room there and the mindset that they have and the work ethic that they put in, uh, you know, it's a tremendous group of guys. You know, the teammates that I had there and the guys that are there um, are just, you know, not only just tremendous players but tremendous people, and uh, you know, that typically creates a great culture and and you know, obviously you know, winning, you know, comes and stems off of all those types of things. And so, you know, to have those guys and, and to know those guys personally and to, and to see them, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just rooting for each, each and every one of them individually to have success and, and to stay healthy and to, you know, perform well and, and use their God, you know, given abilities, uh, you know, to the best that they can. Former NFL player Chris Maragos, our guest right now on Unpacking It, nine years in the NFL and, and won two Super Bowls. And and so we've got to talk about your story and and, and this year mm-hmm. going through the the injuries and ultimately deciding and, and and in many ways being forced to retire. So so how did you know and 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 when did you know that that this this was it that that year number nine would be the end of your career? You know, it's a it's a good question. You know, I I knew I knew at the second surgery. You know, my you know I had a lot of complications from the first surgery and the rehab and, and all those types of things. And I knew, I knew at that second surgery after, well, they, they kind of told me at that second surgery that what they were going to do to my knee was basically going to contort it so differently that, uh, you know, I just wouldn't be able to play football physically anymore because, you know, they were going to alter my leg, you know, in a way that would not let me to play. So that was back in December when, you know, I, I knew going into that surgery that, you know, after that, after they did that surgery, I was no longer going to be able to play. And then subsequently had another surgery about eight weeks ago. And, um, you know, just to, to do some more things to try to help and, and, uh, and all that. So, you know, it's been, it's been some time where I knew that physically, you know, my knee just wouldn't be able to do it anymore and, and handle it. And now I'm getting to the point where, you know, just walking is difficult and, you know, just trying to get that, you know, somewhat, you know, normal to just, live the most normal life that I can live at this point and move forward for my family and for myself. Man, well, there's so many things I want to ask you about, but, but when it comes to the actual pain that you're you know, dealing with physically and you look back at your, <laughs> your career, do you still say, ah, oh, it was worth it? Like, well, what's your mindset in, in as you deal with the pain and as you've dealt with you know, having to rehab so many different times? Yeah, you know, for me it's worth it because that's that's where God placed me. Yeah. And I knew I knew that, you know, being an NFL player, you know, that God had a specific plan and a specific purpose. And so looking back on that, I knew that he had me in those situations in the NFL locker rooms. I even know that I had this knee injury for a specific reason. So mm. to look back and to think that, you know, God's ordained everything the way he has, you know, I can't help but but think that you know, maybe, you know, for me selfishly, was it worth it? I don't know if I can answer that. I know that's exactly where I needed to be and what's come to my life. Um, you know, you know, wasn't out of God's control, but he had his hand in every aspect, you know, through, through the highs, the lows, the difficulties, the pain, the, you know, the suffering, you know, everything. And so, you know, for me, 
you know, I know this is exactly where I need to be. And, and for that reason, I guess I, I can't say that, that I would change it because, because I know that, that, that God called me and, and, and had me there for a reason and, and has brought this to my life for a reason. Oh, a- amen. No, I love that perspective. And even as you've been able to reflect and, and as you've, you've heard from, you know, former players that, that have you know, wished you well and thanked you and, and all that sort of thing, as you look back, mm-hmm. what are some of those things that you say, you know what, this is what, what God had in store for me as an NFL player and, and just a few of those maybe specific things that you'd be willing to share or mention today. Yeah. You know, for me, you know, there's, there's those moments, you know, Bryce, we, we talked back and, you know, I can't even think back about when, when I was coming out of college and we were talking, Yeah, you know, for me, you know, I was a walk on at Western Michigan and Wisconsin when I drafted to the NFL and I, and, you know, being five ten, two hundred 200 pounds, you know, I'm not the biggest guy in the world, you know, nor was I the most athletic but I knew that God had me in in a locker room for a specific reason. And he had me in that locker room to be a light. And the NFL, as great as it is, and, and in athletics, there's a lot of a lot of highs and there's a, a lot of lows and there's a lot of, you know, great times and there's a lot of very difficult times. And I feel like God placed me, you know, in a locker room. Not that not that, you know, I have all the answers or anything, but I think God allowed me to stay in the locker room as long as I did because I was able to, in some ways, you know, and, and I didn't do it right all the time, but to point people to Jesus and to find true hope and true true peace and true validation and true worth. You know, whereas an athlete, typically your worth is calculated by the size of your contract at your position. Mm. Your worth is calculated by the amount of fans that you have received and, you know, the amount of praise that you receive from people based on your performance and you know for me I was you know really hoping to you know point people to the Jesus that you know loves regardless of of your worth loves regardless of your performance loves regardless of you know who you are what you offer or whatever your standing is or or you know whatever your merit might be and so you know really trying to give people that hope and that perspective that maybe might be very countercultural the situations that they've been in. Amen. Chris Maragos, our guest right now on Unpacking It, recently retired, uh, won two Super Bowls throughout his nine-year NFL career. And in nine years, I mean, it's it's longer than than most, and it's an incredible career, but but I, I read what you wrote on TheIncrease.com where you say, hey, I want mm-hmm. to play more, but I can't. Right. So, so how hard yep. is that to accept, and, and did any other former players maybe give you advice on kind of how to handle that, that aspect of it? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, it's very hard to, very hard to accept. Uh, and you know, honestly, Bryce, man, like the the thing about it is, is you know, people say you know all the time, and, and especially being a Christian, you know, my identity isn't in football. I know that for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, my my identity is in Christ. You know, I, I I know that. But at the same time, from from a worldly standpoint, God has called us to do whatever we do to work at it with all of our heart and our mind and our souls working for him and not for man. Right. And so no matter what it is that he's given us our gifts, talents, abilities, he's required us to work at it with all of our hearts. So for me being an athlete, a professional football player to play at the level I did for as long as I did, I literally poured out everything that I had physically and mentally, emotionally and spiritually out of my spiritual gifting, how God had gifted me as an athlete to perform and to play. And so when you're done playing and you have a desire to do what God's called you to do, you know, when you can't do it anymore, it hurts because you have so much invested in it. Not that my identity was in it Mm. because I know, I know my identity is in Christ, but the reality of it is is that to play at this level and to, and to do it as long as, as I was, you know, fortunate to be able to do it, you have to invest in a a lot in it. So when it is taken from you, it does hurt, you know? Mm. And, and so, 
you know, I, I think that, that, that hurt is normal. And I think most importantly, God's, God's there in those times to say like, listen, like, like rest in me in these times, because, you know, just like in the mountaintops, you know, I was there for you. I'm just the same in the valleys too. Mm. And, and, and as you can praise me and point people to me in the mountaintops when you're holding the Super Bowl trophy and you can say how good I am when you're in the valley and when you're in the difficulty in the same way you can point to me and and tell people that I'm just as good and as comforting and as praiseworthy in the, in the difficult times as he is in the good times. And so mm. God's really been teaching me that and impressing that into me for sure. Man, that's awesome. So encouraging. He's Chris Maragos, two-time Super Bowl winner and recently retired from the NFL. We are just getting started with him and, and plenty more to get to. When we return, it's Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Thanks so much for being with us. Hey, hey, it's Bryce Johnson, and it is time to start thinking about the upcoming fantasy football season. And good news, Unpacking It Ministries has a resource for you that will take you from the draft all the way through the championship. Order your Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook today, and each week, read about a fantasy concept and how it relates to the Bible and our own lives. It's designed for your league to discuss at weekly league meetings, on the phone, or in person. The FFF Playbook will add more meaning and purpose to the fantasy season and add value to your league. Grow in your faith, build deeper relationships with other owners in the league, and make more of your fantasy season. Join us at fantasyfootballfellowship.org and find all the details and order the FFF Playbook today. That's fantasyfootballfellowship.org. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. We're in the middle of a conversation with former NFL safety and special team star Chris Maragos, two-time Super Bowl winner, and we're going to continue with him now. And, and Chris, I also read something that you wrote where, where you said, if I keep myself humble and vulnerable before God, I know he has the power to lift me up in ways I cannot imagine or understand. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. our lives, whether easy or hard, are meant to glorify him. And, and so I guess to, to continue that, that thought process, that word glorify, what, what have you learned mm-hmm. about that, that word, and, and, and how do you feel like your, your story has maybe reflected that? Yeah, you know, honestly, I've just come to the realization, especially like the deeper that I get, whether that's, you know, the things I've experienced or whatever it might be, you know, the more and more I just keep coming to the back to the point that my life, you know, once I gave my life to Christ, my life is no longer mine. Mm. It's it's his. And everything that comes to my life, whether it's good, bad, indifferent, whether I like it, whether I don't, my life is to glorify him. Mm. And so we talk about this glorify, you know, aspect of thing, everything in my life should be a spotlight and a reflection and a pointing back to the goodness of Jesus, whether that's the good times or the bad times. And I've realized 
so often in my life, even now to this day, I put so many things, you know, in priority or of worth for me to try to take things under my own circumstance or, you know, to, to hold on to or to grip really tight. But the reality of it is, is that it's not really about me anymore. My, my life is, is a mist. It's, it's going to be here today and it's gone tomorrow, just like my NFL career was. Hmm. You know, it, as great as it was, it was here for a little bit and it's gone. And the reality of it is, is that I realize that no matter what it is in our lives, you know, my life is, is not mine anymore. Everything that I have, every fiber of who I am should be to glorify God with because he's blessed me with the ability to play. He's blessed me with the, the great experiences. And he's and honestly, if, if I'm being really honest and, and it's hard for me to say, like, if I'm really being truthful, but God is great even in the bad times. And I'm in a bad time right now, you know, with, with, with my situation. But the reality of it is, is that my life's not mine anymore. It's meant to reflect and to glorify him. And so whether that's good or bad. I have to I have to have that calling and, and be willing to do that. It's powerful stuff. Chris Maragos, our guest right now on Unpacking It, nine-year NFL player, uh, recently retired uh, due to uh, multiple knee injuries and, and the, the, the need to recover from the, those injuries. And, and so as you sit in this place with, with open hands, wanting to glorify God, even in the, the pain, the disappointment, career ends earlier than, than you want, what level of excitement, anticipation do you have or worry, concern for the next phase of life? And I'm sure everybody's asking all the time, oh, what are you going to do? But, but, sure. but, but beyond that, just, just being in that place, what is that like? Because you've known for you know, many years, hey, I'm playing football and this is what I do. This, yeah. is, this is where I need to be. Training camp's coming up, all that sort of thing. So it, this is a, obviously uh, a, a new phase for you. No, you're right, Bryce. I mean, dude, uh, you know, if I really think about it, and if and like I said, if I'm being truthfully honest, you know, it it, it is it, it's scary, uh, it's it's nerve wracking because, like you said, all I've done is played football. That's what I know, and I've been so driven. I've known exactly what I need to do for so long. So this transition, it's it's very very different, and it's in uncharted territory of something I'm completely that's un- completely unnatural to me. But the one thing that I hold fast to is this: people always say hindsight is twenty twenty, right? But the reality of it is, is that okay. Hindsight's twenty twenty. So if I look back on all the ways and the times that God was faithful, was I was a walk-on out of high school and I got no recruiting attention. And I went to Western Michigan and I met my wife. Mm. And then two years later, you know, I got the opportunity to walk on at the University of Wisconsin and switch positions. And then how I got to the 49ers was because the assistant to the head coach at Wisconsin was now the assistant to Mike Singletary. Mm. And, and, w- and when I left San Francisco, I had a guy who watched my film who was a former player who's now on staff with the, with the Seahawks, and they just happened to be struggling on special teams that brought me in. And then the list goes on and on and on of all the things that God has been faithful with in the past. So if hindsight is twenty twenty, then then the future becomes very clear. And so for me, right now, the future is very blurry. But if I look back at the faithfulness of God in all those moments, I can't help but have clarity and to be able to see clearly the future that God does have a plan for me that that I am his, that the best is yet to come, that all things work together for my good, even as bad as a knee injury is, and I'm limping around and walking and in pain every step. You know, the, the the best is yet to come. And the only reason for that is, is because I've seen his faithfulness time and time, time again in the past. And I have to hold on to that. And I have to cling to those truths so that I can propel forward for what he's calling me to next. Gosh, it's so encouraging for, for me to hear, for, for anybody listening, man. That's it's just awesome. Chris Maragos, our guest right now on Unpacking It. 
And, and so along those lines, you know, what is the process for you to try to figure out what, what's next? Like, like how much did you think about what was next during your career? What, what did you study in college? Like what, what's, what's it kind of like to think, man, I'm going to be doing something different. What are my skills and gifts and interests and passions and all that sort of thing? Yeah. You know, a couple of things, you know, one thing I really had a, a passion to see, you know, athletes and friends and just people in general have financial security and financial peace. You know, mm. so often, you know, things are, are, are very scary or uncharted. You don't know who to trust. You work really hard for your money, whatever it might be. And so uh, I started a wealth management firm for both non-athletes and athletes, kind of a mixed bag of both with a couple other Christian guys who are believers that has been going really well. Um, we started that about 16 months ago. Oh. And we've just seen, uh, you know, unprecedented growth, which has been uh, just amazing. But we're able to really service people from a financial way that's God honoring, that's fair in terms of fees. You know, everybody's getting ripped off so often on these fees. And, and I really want to do something in a God honoring way. So so that's that's one of the things with top tier wealth management. The other thing was, is wasn't is, is I love to speak, you mm. know, whether that's preaching to people, whether that's going to talk about, you know, athletic mindset and leadership and culture. And those things to corporations um, or whether that's the churches on weekends, you know, from more of a, a biblical standpoint, you know, I really feel like God's given me a lot of experiences to speak upon. And, and I have to I have to take that calling and, and uh, be faithful with that, too. Oh, that's that's exciting. No, I, I can't wait to see what God's going to do in you and through you moving forward. And it sounds like that uh, some of that clarity is already there, which is which is neat to hear. And, and we're talking with Chris Maragos here on Unpacking It, former NFL safety and, and special team star, uh, two-time Super Bowl winner. And, and you mentioned speaking on culture and having been in locker rooms and around different head coaches. What, what are some of those, those key things that you like to, to talk about when you do go into those environments to speak on, whether it's the businesses or as far as what the, the, the nuggets you learned from the multiple stops in your career how to build culture and the kind of culture that, that you were drawn to. Yeah, you know, for me, it's servant leadership, you know, and, and we see that all throughout the Bible. To me, I believe the Bible is truth, and I think there's a lot of applicable things, you know, and in the athletic realm or the business world. You know, the, the, the greatest leaders I've seen were the best servants. You know, they serve the people around them. They served in strength but in humility. And the people that go with a mindset to, to take care of the needs of the other people around them typically build a culture uh, that's conducive to – uh, togetherness to selflessness and ultimately uh, rowing together for one greater purpose and, and passion. And, and I've, I've typically seen that in a, a very real way on whether it's the sports teams that I've been a part of with the championship teams or the individual people that I've met um, the greatest leaders and, and the best cultures are the ones that serve each other and love each other deeply and, and, and build a, a continuity and a togetherness that, that you can't find anywhere else. And, and in order to serve, and, and I've, I've heard this just as we, as we talk and, and having interviewed you over the years, you represent humility and, and you, you want to seek humility and, and want to remain you know, just humble in view of God. And, and in your post on, on Twitter as you announced you know, retiring and thanking people, you, you used the word undeserving. And, and so yeah. how does that word, like why did you choose that word, and how does that even fit into having the mentality to serve others, to love others, and, and, and even in relation to God, having the proper you know, understanding of who he is and who we are? How, how does that word sum all that up to you? Yeah, no, totally. Well, you know, I think first and foremost, everything that we have is the Lord's. You know, no matter 
if I wanted to look at my career and think it was mine, yeah, I put a lot of hard work in and God called me to do that. But the reality of it was, is that he blessed that work. He, he opened the doors for that work to be validated, all those things. And, and the reality of it was, is he could have, he could have done that through anybody. I mean, I, there's a lot of walk-ons in college. There's a lot of guys who work really hard and he really could have done that through anyway, and anybody in, in any ways. And, and just because he did that through me, through football, doesn't mean that my platform or, or my calling and that where God placed me is any more important than anybody else. You know, I mean, whether, whether you're a doctor, whether you're uh, a bus driver, whether you're a trash man or whatever, you know, I mean, if God's called you to a specific place, it's the faithfulness within that calling and what the worth and the validation is on that. And so for me, you know, I just felt like God put me in a place that was so undeserving because you know, I didn't have the stature. I didn't have all the gifting. Really, if you look back at my career, you can literally point everything back to the fact of the grace of God. And mm. it was completely undeserving. And so the people I've met, the places I've gone, the opportunities that I've had, the things that I've accomplished uh, in my career were all undeserving. And there were things that, that God had graciously given me. And for that, you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful for, but, but, but just understanding, you know, God had, had done all those things. And there's really no explanation for my career other than <laughs> that God made it happen. Uh. You know? Gosh, it's so refreshing to hear because we're, we're all guilty of it, but we live in this world where, you know, we, entitlement and we feel like we deserve sure. certain things. And, and, you know, if I do this, I need this in, in return. And, and, and we get caught up in that. But to truly have that, that, again, the humble mentality that, hey, we're undeserving of all of this and the grace of God yep. and to rest in that, to, to sit in that, uh, it's a powerful place. And ultimately, that's how we can truly love people well and and it frees us yep. up from be even the, the being trapped by feel entitlement and feeling like we're we're just, we're we're owed certain things even owed from God that oh God owes me this yeah. and that's a that's a tough spot right. to to get ourselves trapped in so uh so I appreciate that yeah. that perspective yeah if you can add anything well, if you want well yeah you know you, even even on top of that too you know we just think Oh God, I've honored you. I've been faithful to you so that good things should come to my life. Well, that's, that's right. not necessarily true. No. You know, I mean, you look at the disciples or even Jesus's life in particular. I mean, yeah, people were honoring God, but they were persecuted. They suffered in, in same way. You know, again, it just goes back to the fact that, you know, all this is undeserving. You know, the fact that he would be gracious enough to, to allow us to have all these great things is, is really remarkable. It's amazing. So we, we wake up with thankfulness when, when that's the perspective and, uh, man, no, it's so cool. And, and like we talked about earlier about just bringing God glory in, in whether things are good or bad and, and pain and suffering, it does an incredible thing when we're, we're so dependent on him and, and he, he's able to shine through and, and his strength sh- yep. shines through, his power shines through, his grace shines through. And so, man, I, I appreciate you being willing to, you know, join us in the midst of a difficult season of life for you as you transition away from the, the sport you loved and, and had a successful career, a fun career, went into Super Bowls. Now it ends. You're dealing with the pain every day of a knee injury, yet you're, you're looking up to, to God and, and continuing to point others to him. So it's an incredible encouragement and, and grateful to, uh, to be able to, to talk and, and share your story with, with our listeners today. Ah, man, it's great. It's always fun being out with you. And it's even been even more rewarding to see, you know, what you've been doing, you know, this past decade, you know, we kind of, you know, it's been cool. Like we were starting out, you know, way back 10 years ago or whatever it was, and kind of keep circling back and to see how God's never changed. He's always stayed the same, you know, that's right. It's pretty cool. I love it. Wow. What an inspiration. 
He's Chris Maragos with us on Unpacking It. Up next, we'll do our segment, Unpack This, about selecting the right players. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. It's time for our final segment of the day. We call it Unpack This, where I take a current sports story and relate it to the Bible and our own lives. So let's jump right in. The word select means carefully choose as being the best or most suitable. As we watch the NFL every week, the word select is behind many of the outcomes that take place. Owners select general managers who select head coaches who go on to select their assistants. The GM and coaches then select players for a 53-man roster. Every selection along the way creates a culture, a team identity, and a locker room atmosphere. Great selections lead to winning, and bad ones can be very detrimental. The saga we saw in Oakland with Antonio Brown puts this on full display. The selfishness, distractions, and chaos were negatively affecting their team, so they finally selected to release him. As you can imagine, they are ready to move forward while having to learn a tough lesson about carefully choosing the best or most suitable players for their team. So in life, we can't always choose our coworkers or neighbors, but the people we select to spend the most time with will affect many of the outcomes in our lives. The friends, mentors, and people we surround ourselves with will influence our own team identity and locker room atmosphere. Selecting people for our inner circle can either negatively or positively influence our thoughts, perspectives, and behavior. The Bible says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. It also says, do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. So, it's critical. We value our friendships and find people who build us up. While we might face tough decisions and need to release those in our locker room who bring us down. Today, let's be encouraged to select people that will inspire us to be more like Jesus and motivate us to greatness in all areas of life, just as we do for them. So I hope you're willing to unpack that for yourselves and really appreciate you joining me today and hope you'll stay connected with us throughout the week on social media and on unpackingit.com. Until next time, I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful week. This has been Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA and Sirius XM, Channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio.